Last year, I found myself frustrated that the genre of rock and roll didn't seem to have its own scene. There seems to only be scattered pockets within the scene, but no central hub, no community dispatch. When a band from any other genre releases a record, there is always a community to receive and accept it. But rock and roll bands seem to almost fling their new record into the void, praying for a response. So on podcast episode number 145 from last year, I focused on 10 new rock bands and played a little from each band to show everyone that there was a scene, albeit disconnected, in hopes of bridging gaps and tethering bands together. It was to show everyone that rock and roll was alive and vibrant as ever. Not dead, not done with, not a novelty or a throwback. I received some great positive feedback from it. And I know I said originally on the podcast itself that I had planned to make it a regular installment. It's taken me a year to come around and do a follow-up episode on the rock and roll scene in 2018. The real motivating agent in me doing this episode was watching this year's Grammys a couple of weeks ago and finding out that Leonard Cohen won in the Best Rock Performance category. Now, I'm a big Leonard Cohen fan. I have one of his prints from his only art show hanging on my wall. But even Leonard Cohen would have said he isn't rock. Despite the nice gesture to award Cohen with a Grammy, it's a slap in the face to all the bands who actually play rock, even though I don't think the slap was intentional. It's just glaring proof that people do not even know what rock music is when they hear it. The award wasn't even part of the televised broadcast. So what I'm going to do is play you part of the introduction from last year's episode. That pretty much summarizes how I still feel. And then focus on 11 new and happening rock bands that are out there in the scene today. Recording, touring, making videos, and generally rocking out. So here is my introduction from last year. Sometimes interviews can veer off, and I found myself over and over again lamenting the lonesome nature of rock and roll. Lonesome in the sense that, unlike other popular forms of music like punk rock and heavy metal, rock and roll doesn't have a cohesive interconnected scene or network. There isn't a unifying hub that binds bands together. Although we may share the same influences and listen to the same bands, we are all islands onto ourselves staring at each other from afar, stranded. When one steps back, it can be easy to see why this has come to be. Unlike punk rock and heavy metal, rock and roll never adapted to the times. Its sound and its basic functions have remained stuck in time. It can be off-putting for some who need a current connection to really submerse themselves. Punk rock is constantly adapting to the times, constantly refreshing and recharging itself for the next generation. Ask anyone of ranging ages who their favorite punk bands are, and each demographic will give you an entirely different list, but all interconnected with one another in some way. Even heavy metal has slowly started to change its presentation sound, and its look to adapt to younger audiences. I think of bands like Deaf Heaven, Gallhammer, Sun O, and Ghost, each one more different than the other. 
Being that rock and roll has been around the longest and was once the most popular form of music, it has had enough time to be beaten into the ground. We never need to hear Stairway to Heaven or Yellow Submarine ever again. Thanks to classic rock radio, we've all heard it played over and over to the point of nausea. And all that repetition has helped detach rock from being taken seriously anymore as a viable current medium. And even though rock and roll itself, being blues-based, is an appropriation of black culture, it has since been appropriated itself by pop culture. On kids' TV shows, in shopping mall clothing stores, the genre has become a term used to describe anything other than the music, and nobody wants to go near it anymore. When I hear someone say, rock on, man, or let's rock, or let's rock and roll, they don't mean the music. They mean something else. Even bands that get played on the radio that sound like that dripping grunge meets adult contemporary drone that you hear when you are in the waiting room at the doctor, that gets labeled rock and roll. Where it was once revered as dangerous and offensive, it is now seen as innocuous and aseptic. The accoutrements associated with the music and the general mindset of the music have also become passé and dated. Celebrated misbehavior, overindulgence, puerile lyrics, puerile imagery, undue misogyny, these have all helped to keep rock and roll as a throwback music that your uncle listened to, but it is no longer largely seen as a music to aspire to play. I'm not saying it should change its sound. This is the music that I love. Love it so much I gambled my life on it. But I am starting to see that it is slowly stepping back into the shadows and reclaiming its once lofty standing by, of all things, being quiet and letting everyone else forget about it. Finally, rock and roll is becoming cool again. It's becoming outsider music. It's becoming underground music. But like I stated earlier, rock and roll doesn't have a unifying hub that binds the bands and the audience together. In metal, there's Blabbermouth and the countless metal magazines in each country. There are also labels that cater to signing only metal bands, not to mention the metal-centric music festivals that are the biggest in the world, like Vakken Open Air, Grass Pop, Hellfest, in punk rock, there's a collective grassroots underground network that is so strong, it is beyond borders and can be found at almost every point on the globe. Not to mention punk news, dying scene, probably other five other outlets I, I'm not even aware exist. And of course, there's Warped Tour, Riot Fest, and institutions like Maximum Rock and Roll and Flipside. What does rock and roll have? Rolling Stone Magazine? That has little in common with true rock and roll music anymore when Snoop Dogg or the cast of Twilight graced the cover instead of true blue rock acts. Well, if rock and roll doesn't have Rolling Stone magazine or any other outlet for that matter behind it, supporting it, I want to throw this podcast in the ring to do so. For this podcast episode and sporadically in the near future, I want to throw light on rock bands, newer rock bands who are, I feel, playing rock and roll with the true spirit the music demands. Bands that have their hearts in the right place. And hey, if you really want to play rock and roll in 2017 when pop music, EDM, heavy metal, 
punk rock and indie rock usurp it at every turn. You must be into this music because you like it. And I doff my cap to you. Over the years, our band has made concerted efforts to take rock bands out on the road with us to create true rock and roll packages. It might sound easy to do because you see metal bands touring together all the time. Punk bands tour together as well. But being in a rock band today, most are unsure as what constitutes a rock band. And we are always getting suggestions for tours from people with bands that don't match the rock and roll sound or the idea we have as to what a rock and roll band is supposed to be. For some reason, being in a rock and roll band to a lot of people means dressing up like you just stole the wardrobe from the Matrix movies and everyone is pained and everyone is crying. Probably the farthest thing from rock and roll, actually. So what am I talking about here? Obviously, I'm talking about bands with a Heavy guitar sound, blues-based, as mentioned, but don't fall into that slippery, hellish black hole that is termed alternative. There was a time when alternative music meant anything that sounded cool, couldn't be easily categorized as punk rock, but still shared the aesthetic. Maybe were on the same labels, shared the same audiences. I'm thinking of bands like The Meat Puppets, The Pixies, Soundgarden, and even The Red Hot Chili Peppers. Eventually, some of these bands broke into the mainstream, and with that, turned the term alternative into a genre unto itself. But without a unifying sound, alternative got lumped in with rock and roll. So I don't mean those types of bands. In order to carve out a unifying scene, some lines in the sand must be drawn, and, and here's where I draw them. I'm talking about bands who reference older rock bands when rock was king from the 60s and the 70s, sometimes from the 80s, but they do it with a reverence that doesn't spill over to mere parody or become a kitschy throwback. The disparity between punk bands is an ongoing discussion. The unifying thread between, say, The Clash and The Cro-Mags are similar contrarian attitudes and outlooks to life. But in rock, influences are only degrees away from each other. Most rock bands will cite similar influences, and there's a tendency for stagnation due to musical inbreeding. So these bands I want to focus on and corral into some semblance of a scene have wider influences that take from metal and punk and pop and soul music, much like our band does. Some of these bands we've taken out on tour with us. Some I've watched from the sidelines and become their fan. Happy to know there are new bands out there still willing to carry the torch that Iggy, Lemmy, Phil, Jimmy, and Keith carried before. We've been doing this rock and roll thing for 20 years, and I feel we've only now hit our stride, putting out the best rock records of our career. And it makes it fun knowing there's a real scene to receive it, an audience to champion it. And here's an episode that showcases a few bands that are part of this scene. I want to bring these bands together, make you aware of them, make them aware of each other. I'll play about a minute or so from each band to give a taste and to comply with any sort of territorial legalities. And let's start constructing a proper, respectable, contemporary rock and roll scene that punk 
and metal have long since had. And that was the introduction to episode number 145. I will make mention here that I will be taking a break till mid-March, like I did last year, to focus on band-related stuff and to work on the podcast. In the meantime, I hope you dig these bands. So, let's start the podcast. The Dago Jones podcast is the best around Nick Flanagan is Dago's co-host Tell him for free outside But I like to sometimes Get me in from fucked up Stop playing Hang down Down When the weather is bad And there's nothing much to do Take a listen would you now To what Dago Jones would do It's the middle of the night And you better do it fast Turn the speakers up loud For Dango's podcast Ladies and gentlemen Boys and girls Get ready, because the Danko Jones Podcast starts! This past November, while out on our Nordic tour, we played a lone Norwegian date in Oslo at the Rockefeller, and opening the show was Tromso's Lute. I hadn't heard of them before the date was announced, never saw them until that night, and holy shitballs were they great. I have been listening to their debut album, Pandion, on heavy rotation ever since. Their songs are more than energetic, they're downright unbridled and infectious. It's a mix of The Hives, Kevlar Attack, and dare I say, our band. Check them out for yourself. is going on in Italy? Until recently, Italy was known more for churning out some great electronica and dance music a la Giorgio Moroder, Benny Benassi, and of course, Bloody Beat Roots. But in recent years, there have been some incredible hard and heavy bands too. I think of The Shoes, Killer Boogie, harder acts like Lacuna Coil, Zoo, Uzeda, and of course, the fantastic and trailblazing Judah 
who we took out on tour a few years back. And following in the tradition that Judah set out comes Faz Waltz from Cantu, Italy, a three-piece band mixing Sweet, T-Rex, ACDC, The Beach Boys, The Ramones, The Beatles, and every other catchy band from the 60s and 70s you can think of. Here's Faz Waltz. happens when people leave bands. They form new bands, of course, but what happens when people from name bands leave bands? They form very good bands. Cue Sweden's Big Kiss, or Big Kiss, featuring Axel Hjolberg, ex of Graveyard on drums, John Hoyles, ex of Spiders and Witchcraft on bass, and Pontus Westman of Lady Banana on guitars and vocals. The trio put out a three-song single last year on TP Records, and hopefully a full length is on the way. In the meantime, here they are, Big Kids. Continuing with more Swedish bands, 
I have been a gin lady fan for quite some time. I still stand by my assertion that Mother's Ruin from 2013 was an overlooked rock masterpiece. Last year, they released their fourth album, Electric Earth, a continuation of all good things rock, adding more psych rock moments to their tempered easy rock blend of Stones, Faces, and CCR. Gin Lady are easy to like, even if you don't necessarily count yourself a rock fanatic. Hear them for yourself. From the non-stop buzz of New York City blooms Wildlife, a four-piece band that are equal parts New York Dolls, Stones, Stooges, Pistols, Saints, MC5, The Ramones, truly a band to really represent a rock and roll scene that I've been talking about. New, dangerous, snotty, and very, very good. Don't believe me? Listen to this and you will believe. from the weathered rock centers of New York and Los Angeles come Portland, Oregon's The Cry. 
The Cry do everything right, mixing Cheap Trick, Kiss, The New York Dolls, Sweet, and The Stooges into a power pop blend that is respectfully nostalgic, but very modern, very contemporary, very fucking good. Here's a track from their album, Dangerous Game. It's The Cry. Besides having the best name in rock and roll, Oslo Norway's Death by Unga Bunga are very encouraging to me. Hearing this talented quartet play their brand of garage rock makes me know that rock and roll's future is in good hands. Not too many bands today will willingly label themselves as garage rock, and the band do incorporate those elements, but they also manage to mix in straight-up punk rock, soft rock, and indie rock. It all makes for one hell of a band. They're fucking great. Check them out for yourself. Here's Death by Unga Bunga. Part of a rock trio has always felt like 
somewhat of an anomaly in rock and roll. You could count the amount of trios on two hands. Two notable ones being from our home country of Canada, Rush and Triumph. But judging by the amount of trios on this list, Faz Waltz, Big Kiz, seems like three pieces are making a strong comeback, including London, England's Miraculous Mule. We've played a few shows with these cats, and they incorporate all the elements that attract me. Blues-drenched, soul-inspired rock and roll. These three cats play it up cool and collected, but make no mistake, they can get heavy with the best of them. From their latest album, Two Ton Testimony, here's the title track. From our hometown of Toronto, Canada, come Biblical, with their second full-length, The City That Always Sleeps. This quartet takes straight-up rock, then proceeds to bend and twist it with psych, space, and country elements. Think of a spaghetti western with guitars instead of guns. I don't think there's a rock band out today that sound like Biblical. Very unique, very heavy, very good. Check them out.
even though Nicky Anderson and Imperial State Electric aren't necessarily a new band, they have been positioned in this new rock scene as its figureheads. I'm hoping the Helicopters' recent reunion sparks renewed interest in rock music, contemporary rock music, and if so, Imperial State Electric will be there to satisfy one and all. Here's a track off their new album, Anywhere Loud. When Soilwork lead singer Bjorn Streed isn't screaming his guts out fronting molten metal, he's fronting the incredible hot rock of the Night Flight Orchestra. I swear to God, Bjorn Streed is the most versatile, heavy hard rock singer I've heard. He can take on Ronnie James Dio, Kelly Hansen, Paul Stanley, and John Wetton all on the same album. Last year, they released their superb third album, Amber Galactic, and they are in my top five favorite current new hot rock bands out there, and a fitting way to end this episode of New Rock in 2018. Here's Night Flight Orchestra with Midnight Flyer.
Well, that's it for 2018. I do feel rock is in a good place. It's far from dead, but it's far away from the mainstream. It's slowly gaining back the danger. It's slowly gaining back its outsider status. Last year, I featured 10 bands in a similar-themed episode. This year, it's 11. So this scene, this movement, whatever you want to call it, seems to be growing. And of course, I can't do a show featuring new rock bands without showcasing our own band. So here's a song from our latest album, Wildcat, to close it all out. And I will see you later. <laughs> 